Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 3 p.m. here in Chicago, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. It's also 1 p.m. Pacific time if you are in Eugene, Oregon. Or is he in Eugene, Portland? In I know he's in Oregon. He's in, he's in Pacific time. It's 1 p.m. over there. That's important because today we have Dr. Josh in the long run joining us for the live stream for a happy hour today, bringing recovery beverages of choice. And we'll talk about that all in a minute. But before I do, I want to welcome everyone listening in on the podcast audio version. Welcome. Hope you guys are having a good run. Hope you guys will enjoy this conversation. And everyone watching this on YouTube after the fact, so glad that you were able to still catch this, even though you weren't able to participate live. But now with that being said, let's say hi to everyone who's here. First, let's bring in the man himself. What up, fam? What, what up, fam? What the confetti fly, if there was real confetti. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Very cool. So good to have you here. Um, I've been following your videos for such a long time. It seems like, um, you know, just as long as I've been on YouTube. But I think the earliest was back when it was like your build up to the 2019 Chicago Marathon. So I guess that wasn't too long ago, but it feels like forever ago. Yeah, it feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. For my recovery beverage today, I'm drinking coffee. I normally have been trying to cut back on the coffee at 3 p.m. my time, but uh, I did coffee today because my recovery beverage today is um, a local coffee roaster, dark matter coffee, and I thought it'd be appropriate today because um, coincidentally, the one I had already ordered was uh, uh, one of their roasts called Unicorn Blood. So I felt like with everything going on with BAA, not that I'm saying we got to kill the BAA or kill the unicorn. I'm just saying unicorn is the theme. That's what I thought I'd go with for today. What did you bring today, Josh? Today, guys, I brought some hydrate. I don't know if you guys can see it. The pink juice. It's not the blood juice. <laughs> Strawberry lemonade hydrate by Transparent Labs. Um, it's an electrolyte formula. Um, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. I don't know if you guys can see, see it. I promoted it in one of my last few videos, but it has pretty good electrolyte profile. They're working with me. And uh, it's gluten-free, no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. So it's pretty legit. Very cool. And um, Josh has promo links, um, promo codes, and affiliate links down below. And I put them in the description. You might, if you don't see them yet, you might have to like refresh because I just put them in like a second ago. But if you are interested in I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to be ordering some off that proto link, promo link um, today. But... I haven't tried that yet and I'm very curious about it because it looks awesome. So if you guys want to try it, check the links uh, in the description. How's it taste? How's it taste on it though? Uh, it tastes pretty good. Um, the, there's no there's no sugar in it. There's stevia. So um, some people don't like stevia, but what you can mm -hmm. do to counter that is throw some lemon in it. Um, but it tastes pretty good. Strawberry lemonade. So Okay. Very cool. Well, cheers to you. And I feel like having the recovery drink today is um, fitting because you just raced last weekend in Greenville and I saw the race recap video. Congratulations on this on the strong race. Thanks. Yeah, it was it was solid. It was a lot of fun and thankful to actually be able to race. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And it looks like um, was it Quattlebaum? Did he come in first on that on that day? Yeah, Quattlebaum <laughs> came in first. Uh, he took yeah. it off from the gun. So there was yeah. no hope for um, it was Quattlebaum and then Eduardo Garcia behind him mm -hmm. and then the chase pack, which was like me and six other people. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, like I didn't have a sense of like, I mean, I, I watched the race recap, but you know, one of the things I want to ask you about is like in a race like that, in a time like now, you know, I know people are trying to find one, whatever race they can get in, but yeah. number two, you want to get races where there's going to be people to run with. Um, how many other people were there in kind of the pack you were in for this race? Uh, so the pack that I was in, there must have been, like I said, six to eight people. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, because of COVID, they staggered the starts. Um, okay. And they had masks on before, masks on after, and you can pull it pull it off uh, the mm -hmm. mask while you're running. But uh, mm -hmm. it was, you know, eight pack of eight till about mile five and kind of just started stringing out or I started falling off. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and tell me about, um, what's the recovery like for you on, on a race like this? Cause you raced fairly recently before as well down in Florida. We took the W there, right? Yeah. That was at the Mount Dora half on December mm -hmm. 20th. Yeah. Okay. So not that, yeah. not that recently. It seems like it was just a minute ago, but okay. Yeah. So, so what's the recovery like for you? Like what's this week look like? What's the next couple of weeks look like? In terms of like recovery, get some notes <laughs> yeah. in terms of recovery. Uh, a, uh, you know, 10 mile or a half marathon is 
typically threshold type effort. And I'm sure you can find stuff online, like uh, maybe from runner's world and stuff that it takes about five days before you should start to stress um, another tempo type workout and whatnot. And it takes about eight to 10 days to adapt from the workout. So what I do within the following days of um, after a half marathon, it's all about, you know, recovery, stress management, sleep, um, eating enough, and you're still going to run the day after I had the option of taking it off, but I almost take no days off unless I really need it. Uh, my recovery days, um, like for example, I got some notes here uh, on Sunday, I did 52 minutes cause it was 30 minutes to an hour, but I went by heart rate and I averaged nine 30 a mile for my recovery. Okay. Run. okay. The, yeah. Nice. Monday was my midweek long run. Um, I did 75 minutes, but I averaged eight, 10 a mile by heart rate. So I just go by feel and use the mm -hmm. heart rate monitor as a gauge. Uh, mm -hmm. and then Tuesday was supposed to be 60, 65 minutes, easy, uh, eight, 11 place again with strides and some lifting, but I ended up doing 75 cause I overshot. And then Wednesday I felt good enough to do another workout, but when it comes to doing a workout, especially if it's within that eight to 10, at least a week out from you, you finishing the race, I like to focus on quantity, not necessarily quality. So I would do something like, you know, three by five minute or, um, with two minute jog rest or four by three minute, uh, with some jogging, you know, light, lower threshold in terms of effort. Um, mm -hmm. so you're basically trying to gap the time it takes in between the, the fake workout and to the real ish workout later in the week. Right. Um, All right. So Cause that's interesting. And, and, and Martha has got a question, which I think kind of leads into that real well. She says, okay, question. Well, what race or races this fall is Dr. Josh hoping to do? And I'll kind of tweak that question a little bit too, is like, you know, it seems like it's you're coming back. I mean, it's a half marathon effort. It's not a marathon effort. So it's a little bit different, but mm -hmm. like, it seems like it's quick to even have like, kind of like the, the throwaway workout or your, you know, your in-between workout. Yeah. Is this because you've got another race coming or like what's coming down the pike for you? So I, I'm a big advocate of trying to keep some speed of all different systems, like all year round. Um, mm -hmm. I do have a 5k time trial coming up 10 days out from yesterday. Okay. Um, and the only thing I have on the schedule right now is the Chicago marathon, um, mm -hmm. in October. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. So, cause like I didn't, I was trying to think of like, as I was looking at kind of your taper and, and the way that you were building up for this half marathon mm -hmm. was like, is, is he basically training through? Cause there was a short taper, but I mean, and then it's a half marathon. I don't really know what a half marathon taper should be. Cause I've never really trained specifically for a half, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I, I'll, so, so thanks for giving us a little bit of that insight there. Cause that kind of helps me understand like where, where you're going with some of the workouts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that something that you would recommend? Cause Rick's in here saying, Oh, you young folks who recover quickly enjoy that while you're young, the 15, <laughs> you. is that something that like, I mean, um, is that something you would recommend for all people is to like get in? I mean, doesn't have to be the speeds you're running. I mean, yeah. cause I don't, I could never run the speeds you're running, but um, is that something that you think is applicable kind of throughout the age ranges to have some sort of that, like, you know, kind of that bridge workout or, you know, what do you yeah. think? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post this morning. <laughs> um, I, I said something about like, uh, that the difference between, you know, runners that the paces on fitness levels is mm -hmm. the, actually the thing they have in common is perceived exertion, no matter what fitness mm -hmm. they're in. So mm -hmm. when it comes to recovery, in theory, you shouldn't follow like a structured sense. So like if it takes the 20 year old uh, three days to recover from a half marathon, but it takes the 60 year old, you know, a week to cover recover from a half marathon, then that's totally fine because your mm -hmm. body's going to adapt, adapt accordingly. And you just go by time. Um, I don't train by mileage. I'm a big advocate of not training by mileage, but just mm -hmm. training by, uh, um, you know, time spent running. And then to follow up on that, like, do you shoot for any kind of breakdown in terms of like how much of that is easy? How much is that? Is that something that kind of happens because you're getting the workout in or is that something that you're specifically like tuning for? Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah. So you're saying like, if, um, how do I tell like which run of what day is supposed to be easy, which run of what day is supposed to be like recovery and stuff like that? Yeah. So like you're saying you're, you're trying to train by time, you know, yeah. is that time like by week or time by day or time, time by day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Um, yeah. Peter Shaw has a quick question for you. Did Josh run in college? If so, where? So that would be coming out my next <laughs> my life in college. <laughs> you know? it's yeah. A, a long story. Um, I did run in college, but not on a college team. Um, I was running for a club at the college. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I was, you know, running up with some D1 runners while in college. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then another question from Martha. Luis just told her Josh's half marathon time. That translates into close to the Olympic qualifying time, either half marathon or marathon, doesn't it? Where where are you on that? Because I know so, that's a goal of yours. They they haven't announced yet if they're going to lower the the standards yet to get to the Olympic trials, U.S. Olympic trials, and it is mm-hmm. a goal of mine. I still got, I don't know, <laughs> runners peak probably in their mid thirties, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the standard for men's right now is sub one hundred four, uh, and the standard for the full marathon is sub two nineteen. Sub two nineteen is equivalent to one hundred six ish, one hundred six twenty. So I'm not quite there yet. If I would have mm-hmm. kept the pace that I kept when I was running on uh, last Saturday, then I would somewhat be there. But I know okay. people that haven't uh, that haven't run one hundred six or one hundred eight that have well have run one hundred eight, but that have hit the uh, trial standard. So that is mm-hmm. a that is a goal of mine um, to qualify for the Olympic marathon trials, U.S. trials. Very cool. Very cool. And is that something? that you're thinking of that you'll be going for in, in Chicago this fall. Yeah. How does it, how is is that going to work with the Olympics aren't until uh, like in August? Like, is there a a time where like there are races that potentially might not count? Um, I think the the window is done um, for the Olympics or the trials right happen, obviously, but even, yeah. 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 Um, But I mean, like, um, is there like, like it won't reopen again. Like when does it reopen? Cause it's been closed, but when does oh, yeah. it reopen? They haven't announced that yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, another question I wanted to ask you about um, was just to switch gears just a little bit um, is uh, one of the things that I find particularly enjoyable about your videos, in addition to the mustache and the hair yeah. is uh, the special effects. Uh, so <laughs> we get into that. Where does it, where did that come from? Is that something like you knew how to do already? Or you were like making these videos and you're like, I need to spice this up. Let me figure out. And like YouTube search how to like green screen myself into like a car explosion. Like, how, did that, <laughs> how did that come about? So when I first started YouTube, uh, I'm actually like 95% mobile, like all mobile when I create my mm-hmm. videos, um, mm-hmm. an iPhone 11 pro. Um, but, uh, when I was making, I started off with shoe videos. Um, alpha mm-hmm. fly. I'm known as the alpha fly guy, kind of. <laughs> so I was like, if you watch my older videos, it may be a little cringe. Um, cause I'll just have put random things just to keep people mm-hmm. entertained. Cause you know, it's all yeah. about watch time now, but, right. uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So the green screen stuff you can do, and I use iMovie and, mm-hmm. uh, basically you can find green screens online and mm-hmm. get them. And then basically you import a set, uh, as import as green screen and just puts it over, overlays it onto the, uh, onto the, yeah. um, the screen, but I also got an app that's called superhero effects, not sponsored. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've done like two videos where they're very cringy superpowers, you know, yeah. random randomness is like my motto. <laughs> randomness uh, is funny. I enjoy yeah. randomness. I'll get real confetti soon though. I'll just have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like, like underneath your chair where you shoot all your videos, it'll just be like a mountain of like confetti from various days of videos. That's yeah. That'll be post roll clip too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very cool very yeah. cool so it wasn't something that like you have experienced making videos or anything like that it was just something that like, you were wanted to spice it up yeah yeah so like my uh my uh christmas special wasn't originally supposed to be a christmas special it was okay. supposed to be just a normal workout video but i was like oh well, it's mm-hmm. december so i'll just green screen this video with christmas stuff or holiday yeah. stuff and uh, add some christmas music or holiday music to make it a special <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice very yeah. nice. Very cool. Um, someone, and you mentioned alpha fly, but someone had asked earlier, do you prefer the alpha fly or the vapor fly? Uh, right now the, I'm assuming he means next percent. So let's, yeah. let's that way. The vapor fly next percent right now, um, for everything half marathon and under, and you mm-hmm. tend to see it that way too. Occasionally you'll see some mm-hmm. people wearing the alpha fly. Um, mm-hmm. I did a couple of videos on that too. I just, it's, it's a good shoe. It's just, I feel like mm-hmm. it's heavier, even when it, it gets wet it's still heavier even with the adam knit uh, that mm-hmm. was a stupid video <laughs> that i made it but uh yeah yeah all right interesting um because that's kind of how i see it break down too but i'm like you know that's how i see it break down but like what do real fast people do like do they even notice a difference because then i see some people that are still rocking the alpha fly for half marathon type efforts and i'm like i don't know i think if maybe if you're fast you can run in anything but on the other hand i'm like no 
the alpha flight doesn't feel like the half marathon racer to me. Yeah. Um, what else are you training in these days? Can you run um, us through your rotation real quick? Um, let's see. I mean, it doesn't have to be quick, but uh, no. <laughs> they're, they're all Nikes. Um, mm -hmm. the Nike rack infinity run ones primarily because mm -hmm. I like mm -hmm. the ones more than twos. Mm -hmm. I have the twos. So I yeah. rotate the twos in sometimes mm -hmm. I have the Nike react miler. Um, I retired my peg 37s after like 500 miles. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for workouts, because I'm training for the marathon, it's all about being specific and what you're going to race in. So mm -hmm. I've been training in more so in the alpha fly. I used to train in the tempo next percent. Um, but mm -hmm. I don't like for fast workouts, but I don't really do that anymore. Um, and then Vaporfly 4% and old pair, uh, Vaporfly next percent and old pair, depending on the day, what I'm doing. And I've mm -hmm. worn dragonflies a couple times. If mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like a really fast track workout, and especially if they're, if they're going to make the ruling, I, I saw at the sound running event in Texas, or the Texas qualifier this past week, and there were people wearing the Vaporfly in the 10 K. So I guess mm -hmm. they haven't really enforced the spike rule yet. Um, and they're slowly transitioning, but because of that, I got a pair of the dragonflies, um, if I ever mm -hmm. race a five or 10 K on the track in the future, that's, that's pretty much a gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to, uh, Kira D'Amato talk about it, um, mm -hmm. about that Texas race. And she's, she was like, yeah, there were some people that still had like their carbon plated shoes, yeah. like their, their marathon shoes. And she was like, uh, her understanding was that for us, like to make it to Eugene for the track mm -hmm. trials, mm -hmm. the, it'd be okay to, to whatever you ran in. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to qualify for like the Olympic standard, like the world standard, that wouldn't be okay. And so that was like the decision some people were making. Yeah. So I guess I feel like you're thinking all I want to do is be able to make the track trials mm -hmm. and like, you know, I'm, you know, making like the actual Olympic team isn't a big, you know, a realistic consideration for a person. And, you know, I guess you're like, I'm going to run in the shoe that I want you for this 10 K. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, but, um, did you watch a lot of that trials of miles track meet? Uh, uh, yeah, I was actually, it was the night before my race last weekend. So mm -hmm. I watched it from my phone yeah, and I commented yeah, I was probably in there for a little bit, but I didn't know yeah, how much yeah, it too. <laughs> the stuff yeah. that some of the people were saying was, <laughs> I think I thought of one of them posted on my Instagram story, but uh, one of them was like, ah, in the long runs here, the uncle you wish you had or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> my, my three daddies are here. Coop West fly in the long run. Yeah. 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 It was, it was an interesting group It's definitely a demographic that doesn't come to this chat, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was pretty, it was pretty, um, like I, I would say cringe. I don't like to use the word cringy a ton, but that was kind of like, Oh, I can't not look, but like, I'm definitely watching to see what these guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's get, let's go. We got another question here from Rick coming in saying, Dr. Josh thoughts on the 4% and next percent study that suggests that the improvements for non elites is primarily due to reduced fatigue because of the Zumax. Um, I have not seen that study. So I'll just let you know, um, okay. but just thinking about it, uh, Zumax is P backs, right? Mm -hmm. P backs is used by other companies like in the Reebok right. boat ride. Um, the, um, the Saucony shoe Endorphin pro also uses P backs. Mm -hmm. um, so the composition of the foam um, especially in the, the longer shoes would make sense that it reduces load, like, especially in the later miles of a marathon, right? If you ever run a marathon, your quads are trashed by like 18 to 20. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know there's a study on the four and X percent that it makes, it's just as economical on the track, uh, better from three K and up. So you're better off if you can wear the, uh, 4% or next percent when you're racing a three K and up and a spike from three K under, um, mm -hmm. so, um, but I mean, you'll see improvement. I mean, in the lab, I don't know how big the study was, what, four, four to 5% mm -hmm. improvement. And keep in mind that their streak, their streak was their number one marathon shoe back in the day. Right. And that was still mm -hmm. like a 3%, um, 2.8 or 3%. I'm making these numbers up, <laughs> but there it's, it's under 4%. It's about two to 3%. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you ever run a marathon in the zoom streak? I have never, I have not. I've only run two marathons in my life. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, because I remember, like, I I did not pick up marathoning when the Zoom streak, I well, I must have when the Zoom streak was still, because I think maybe, like, uh, I mean, my first marathon was in 2010, and then I took a very long break from distance running. Yeah. But then I kind of came back to it, like, 2016, 2017. I think that's a little bit before the 4% coming out, but I don't remember, like, I don't remember a time where I noticed what people were wearing at marathons yeah. until the 4%. 
but I'm like, I know from other people, they're like, yeah, I used to, I ran like several marathons in the zoom streak. And I'm like, you mean that 5k shoe? Like you ran a marathon and a 5k shoe. Cause that's how I see the zoom streak. Now it's crazy how things have changed. Yeah. And it's like nowadays, uh, I mean, there's new shoes coming out, but like the sea of vapor flies, there'll be an event and there'll be people mm -hmm. running. And it's just everyone wearing the pink and green. So. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's an interesting thing. What's your take on like all the world records that are, or the records or the fast times that are coming out of like indoor season and hitting earlier in the year, it's reignited the debate between, is it the shoes or is it the athletes? Kind of where do you, where do you fall in, the, in that conversation? So with any sport, there's going to be an advancement in technology. Um, you know, tennis rackets, baseball bats, uh, swimsuits. Um, but when it, when it came to swimming, there was a, a definite, like those, the swimsuits, the Olympics banned because it makes you so efficient in the water. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not like it's inevitable, the changes that are going to happen when it comes to the sport and what it comes down to it is ultimately the athlete in and of themselves. Um, people are getting faster naturally. There are different, you know, uh, mm -hmm. training, um, parameters and different things that our people are doing genetics. You know, I'm sure we'll see a sub we'll probably see sub two hour marathons on the regular in like 150 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm serious. Um, I mean, I don't think I'll see them. I won't be here. In well, yeah. years, but maybe you'll, you will we'll be. Jar. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I think I commented one of total running productions videos, as long as there's, as long as there's money flow and marketing, and there's a governing body that's going to like keep it at a status quo to a certain extent, there will always be advancement, but ultimately it will come down to just, I believe the athlete, unless it's like you're wearing a pair of Spiro shoes. You ever heard of the Spiro shoes back in the day where they had no. like an actual metal um, thing in the shoe that was banned right out outright when they were, they were made. It was probably like 2000, 2000. It was when I was in high school, 2006 to 2008, the spear, they were called Spiros. They were a weird looking shoe. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a shoe that actually has a spring on it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really weird, it, it looks like a trail shoe because there's just so much stuff to it. Yeah. And I'm like, and then everyone's like, yeah, clearly this is not like a, a, you know, a racing shoe. You can't race in this shoe, but it's an interesting, weird shoe. So I've seen, yeah. I've seen things like that before, but um, uh, that's interesting. Um, speaking of other, while we're on like controversial topics and uh, you know, I'm <laughs> drinking the unicorn blood today or <laughs> yeah, unicorn blood coffee today. Um, what's your take on the, the, the BAA situation with um, like not having a qualifying time to participate virtually? Any thoughts so, if you have any? Well, um, when it comes to that, I've been paying too much attention. I know you said the other day, um, they're tapping the limit, right? And they're allowing people to qualify with, with a time to run virtually. Um, but are they still getting their, their swag if they're running virtually? I'm not sure. That's, you know, like, I mean, but like, I, I I'm upset because of like, not cause that person gets a medal, you know, necessarily. Cause like, I don't care about medals personally, but yeah. like, the thing that I, I see, you know, around like running around is like the jacket, the swag, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's why I'm like, well, I mean, I guess if you ran it virtually, but you didn't have a qualifying time, do you get the jacket? Do you buy the jackets? I don't know. So I'm not sure how all that works, but there's something about it that seems kind of weird to me. But on the other hand, it's like, if this is like the one time they do a virtual and I'm not sure, I'm like, ah, whatever, just let everybody have have that chance to participate, I guess, but yeah. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure they have to pay off for the actual event, right? The, mm -hmm. the police, the, whoever controls the roads and stuff like that. So maybe right. that's why they're, they're doing it that way mm -hmm. in order to have an in-person event. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Leona Wong is saying, I think it's just a medal. Steve is saying Kufuzi is upset. I'm, I'm kind of not, I, but I can very much relate to it. But there is something that bothers me about it. But like, I also just kind of don't care. I got and says, you know what? You could just get your medal and jacket on eBay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so funny. That's funny. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of people are getting riled up and, um, and then people are getting riled up about the people that have gotten riled up. Yeah. But ultimately I just think that they're trying to figure out a way to survive and, and pay for everything that they need to pay for. The cool thing yeah. though, is that um, Chicago, hopefully Chicago will probably may not outright cancel Chicago, but maybe follow a similar path. So that's what I'm hoping, mm -hmm. I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Remy says around here, you can get one of those jackets at Marshall's for $20. <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, 
you can find pro kits sometimes in Burlington Coat Factory. If you really, yeah, that's funny. That's really funny. Cause like, you know, I see like the Instagram accounts that are like, Hey, do you want to have like the, uh, the Nike team kit for Morocco? And I'm like, no, I don't want that. I don't, I don't, why would I want that? I mean, Morocco, I've never been there. I want to visit at some point, but it's like, what, what? Um, but yeah, I I mean, that's it. That's really interesting. Um, you can find that. All right. Here's a, here's a serious running question. I think it's a serious running question. Serious seven says between VO two max and anaerobic threshold, which is more likely to improve running performance and which is easier to train. The O2 max, uh, the O2 max is going to improve performance quicker. As a matter of fact, if you're a high schooler and you say you didn't run at all in the summer within two to two to three workouts of true VO two max work, <laughs> you'll be back in shape to where you were. No, I'm serious. It's like the biggest gain um, you'll get in the shortest amount of time. Um, but it's also the most taxing on the body. Now, anaerobic threshold, I'm assuming you mean like above your threshold zone. Mm -hmm. Um, it depends what you're training for. If you're training for the 800 meter and under then anaerobic is probably fine. But even then it's still like a 60, 40 split from like aerobic to anaerobic. So to answer your question, um, (laughs) I would do VO2 max work. Um, and it has to be a minimum of three minutes according to Jack Daniels. doesn't matter how much ground you cover as long as it's three minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, for your marathon training though, do you switch up that? Do you get to more, do you ever switch and go to more of a threshold emphasis or are you still focusing on a lot of VO2 max work when you are training for a marathon? So when I'm training for a marathon, I'm actually coached by Boulder Underground, check him out on Instagram. <laughs> um, but uh, he, my coach Matt Hensley has a lot of uh, philosophies that are take from other coaches uh, like Canova and uh, Coach Schwartz of Tin Men. And since I'm training for the marathon and most of his athletes are training for the marathon, um, it's a lot of aerobic specific type work mm-hmm. um, than it is VO2 max work. Now, there's a time and place for VO2 max work. Um, probably if you're racing, you know, maybe uh, a 10K and under, 8K and under, 5K for sure, 3K for mm-hmm. sure. But like you hardly touch VO2 max when you, as you get more specific, like as the season goes on, you're getting towards your goal race, your training becomes more specific. But like, because I'm so far away from VO2 max work type work, which is technically your 3K pace, it's like, it's not really merited to train it unless you want to spike in performance. If you look at Jack Daniels uh, last um, plan that he has in his third edition, I think it's the fourth edition coming out. He throws in three VO2 max works um, within the last six weeks of the marathon, like spread two weeks out apart. Um, that eight mm-hmm. to 10 days that we talked about earlier, um, mm-hmm. so you, you adapt to it. Um, so, you know, you've been mentioning like the eight to 10 days for adaptation. Um, I've always thought it was 14 days mm-hmm. and I, for, so, I, I don't know if, like, I'm, if I'm always just like, eh, I'm like the weird, like donkey. And I'm just like really reluctant to adapt to anything. I feel like it takes me longer than 14 days to really like feel the benefits of workouts. Mm-hmm. Like, how much variability do you think that there is in something like that? Uh, probably dependent on like the, their age and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the range of eight to 10 days. Um, I mean, I've, I've learned that in high school. If you look at a bunch of other plans, um, like if you're going to have a peak workout for a peak race, the best time to do it is like eight to 10 days out. And so like, if you see like a lot of the pro runners, Instagrams and stuff like that, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is the last workout then 10 days out from now. We got, you know, championship race. Uh, that doesn't mean you're not gonna do any workouts in between now and then it's just going to mean you're going to focus more on uh, quality instead of quant- quantity, um, leading up to that point. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right. And Oren says, if you can, pick up all your fitness gains in those couple weeks of VO2 max uh, workouts. What's the point <laughs> of, of, of running in the summer then? <laughs> well, you got you to build stamina and stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> you can't just, you know, go out and run, I don't know, uh, five or six 1200s with 50% jog recovery. Um, you still need, it's like the same, okay. It's like, look at high schoolers. Um, you notice that, I, did, I think I did a video on this. Do you notice how like uh, the high schoolers, not saying everyone, that are really good at the 800 and the mile it's more so the two mile but the further you go up in distance right the the less equivalent their their times are to their shorter times if you go like on jack daniel's v dot chart so the purpose of the long run is you know you're submaximally strengthening your muscles tendons ligaments increasing mitochondria and all that stuff that may hit that system more than the other stuff right rather than doing all-out sprints and stuff like that so you need the you need to hit other systems of the body 
more than just like, you know, let's see how much body my, my body can consume oxygen and how efficient can I make it versus let's see how long my muscles can withstand fatigue and stuff. Cause if you can withstand fatigue, um, and do, do all the things you need to do, it's going to translate to performance in the shorter races. So like the biggest, another beginning too, if, uh, like when I went into college and my time started dropping, literally when I started incorporating like 90 minute long runs and up a uh, massive drop. So in terms of overall fitness, right. Right. Very cool. Very good. Uh, it's going to take me like another 30 seconds to come up with the next question because I'm still digesting everything that you just said. It comes at me, it comes <laughs> at me fast and I'm not picking it up so quick. It's the moustache. I let the moustache do the work. <laughs> Martha's got a question here. It says, Dr. J, I live at high elevation. She's up in the mountains in Colorado. It says, try to max that by that advantage by arriving at destination races within two days. Any thoughts on how long it takes to lose the adaptation to altitude yeah do you do a lot of altitude training josh uh the last two years i did because i work at mm -hmm. running camp in the summer mm -hmm. um that was his hat the team prep usa hat and gunny mm -hmm. um so i'm there for like three weeks uh then i'll have to boulder hang out with friends for a couple of days so mm -hmm. and then I, like my 10k pr i did after altitude that 1503 i ran on my the time trial video was back from altitude um mm -hmm. so to answer martha your question um when you go back to sea level when to race, it's best to race right when you land or 10 days or a couple days out versus in between. Cause there's like this fatigue setting that happens. Um, and, uh, for adaptation loss, uh, a red blood cell lasts for about 120 days. Um, so there's that aspect, but there's all kinds of aspects that happen when you go up to altitude, like how you breathe, how to utilize oxygen, uh, words like ventilatory thresholds. Um, so you would probably start to see, uh, decrease in benefits of altitude probably around two weeks um but you won't lose all the what you've gained from going up to altitude all right so you're th saying like it, you should try to like do what martha's saying like try to get to the not like sp spend like three or four days getting acclimated to it but you just want to get there relatively close to the race time then yeah so if you're going up yeah if you're, you have two choices if you're coming from um the mountains and you're going to sea level to race mm -hmm. either right when you land um, or a couple days after kind of thing. There's like okay. a fatigue, fatigue setting. Very cool. Um, all right. Scotty B says, what did you eat before your half marathon? And what is your favorite post-race food and beverage? Um, what did I eat before my half marathon? Well, I ate like a horse the day before. So when I woke up, I wasn't really that hungry, but, uh, I did eat a Martin gel <laughs> before, before I started. And that's, that's pretty much the cost of a breakfast too. Anyway, right. <laughs> Martin gel, uh, yeah. an arm and a leg um or just a leg or an yeah. arm. Uh, <laughs> um and then f favorite post-race food and beverage um well usually like right when i finish i'm like not hungry because you know you're kind of like in flight or flight um mm -hmm. but i can't think off the top of my head i eat a lot of the same thing <laughs> um i'll do the important thing is just to get some carbohydrates in you and, and some protein so if I'm at an event and they have bananas and stuff, I'll, I'll grab a banana or, or have a protein bar in my, my bag, like a cliff builder or whatever. So, mm -hmm. and for your diet, you are plant-based. Is that right? Yeah. How mm -hmm. long has that, how have you been that way? Or, or can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Like I've been uh, vegan since the summer of 2017. Mm -hmm. It all started with watching every single documentary on Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Every single so doc. Like you yeah. watch the documentaries and like, it's time for a life change. Yeah. I quit cold Turkey. Okay. Pun intended. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. um, so I did veganism, um, for mm -hmm. about a year and a half. And then I was like, okay, I got to cut out gluten. Um, because I thought I had issues. No, I never had blood work done. Thought I had issues absorbing like iron and stuff. And all mm -hmm. honesty, I thought I was anemic for the last five years of my life. Just like looking at the pictures and how like much my performance has dropped. I'm like, I look tan right now living in the Pacific Northwest versus like 2017. I look pale as a ghost. Um, but, uh, I cut out gluten about, uh, in the middle of 2018, like after my first marathon and I started seeing another performance boost. Could it be my training? Could it be how my diet changed? Could it be either or, um, and then yeah, dairy was cut out too. Uh, meat and dairy were cut out like immediately last, uh, summer of 2017. So mm -hmm. yeah. And you haven't looked back, huh? Nope. I haven't looked back. <laughs> Very cool, very cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of times when people make changes, like a couple of things change or like there's always a couple of things. And it's like sometimes people want to know, like, well, was it that or not? I'm like, I'm sure I can figure out a way of testing whether or not. But like everything seems to be working well. So I'm not going to mess with like the combination of things that it could be. 
just gonna yeah. keep going with it. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got another question here. Um, Ted and Ruth wants to know basic question here. What weight are you guys, Cohen Doc specifically? Although anyone else can join in. <laughs> um, I'm five ten, and I think right now I'm about one hundred and forty five. Um, how tall are you, Josh? <laughs> Hold on, Jody. Are you in the chat? <laughs> uh, I'm five four, which is basically five seven, which is practically six foot five. <laughs> 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 and I weigh. Um, <laughs> I, I weigh. <laughs> I weigh like um, one hundred and twenty ish pounds. Um, mm -hmm. my, my sweet spot, like when I peak, is around one hundred eighteen pounds. Um, I weigh probably most time of the year around the year around one hundred twenty three. And I, my performance drops when I get down under 118. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Is that something that you keep very close tabs on? Or tell me about, like, how, like you seem to know those numbers real well. Like, how does that factor into your nutrition, your training, your recovery? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I mentioned um, a ways back, maybe on another, on another stream in the chat, that there's an ideal body weight, and everyone's a little bit different, plus or minus mm -hmm. 10%. Uh, man is 106 pounds for the first five feet, six pounds for each inch after that. Women is 100 pounds for the first five feet and um, five pounds for each inch after that, plus or minus 10%. And there's stuff on there um, in the literature on like different percentages of how much less than an ideal body weight individual that different events have. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not crazy about it. I don't like make sure like... I'm not saying I can eat whatever I want. I just eat really clean, right? Mm -hmm. To the point where it's like, I eat a lot, but I eat clean. So it's mm -hmm. not like, you got to look at other things too, like preservatives and things that would naturally affect hormones and how you would store fat and stuff like that. Simple mm -hmm. sugars, insulin, you know, spikes and stuff like that. So I don't really go crazy with that. Um, but uh, I'm not, you know, I don't weigh myself. I haven't, I don't remember the last time I weighed myself. I just go out and run and, and you know, just do it kind of thing. Yeah, I've only been weighing myself regularly because I'm still wearing this Amazon band thing. This is really like this mm -hmm. thing that listens to all my conversations and it tells me to keep weighing myself periodically. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I just do what the like digital overlord tells me to do. So, yeah. um, so that's the only reason I've been weighing myself right lately because otherwise I don't, I, I take a look at it like while I'm like kind of like nearing peak week of a big marathon training block just to see like, okay, from like a, like looking back at it, you know, I'm like, okay, I was training hard. I'll, I feel like I'm doing well. Where am I at? Like, what does that kind of feel like? But I don't ever try to like aim for a, a number. And it sounds like you're kind of in the same spot. Yeah. Um, Frank has a question says, if you live at 4,000 feet, does it make sense to drive up to 9,000 as often as possible for altitude benefits? What do you think about that? Uh, the kidneys will start responding after three hours. Um, or really? Yeah. Um, but uh, the problem is, so for those in the chat to go up to altitude, uh, the best, you have to be there at least five days to get a benefit mm -hmm. and you have to get to get a decent benefit 10 days to get maximum benefit in the shortest amount of time, three to four weeks. Um, so if you go from 4,000 to 9,000, 4,000 considered moderate altitude, 9,000 is considered high altitude. Um, does it make sense to drive tonight as often as possible for altitude benefits? Uh, you, if you're there for like three hours at a time, it's kind of like mm -hmm. the idea of like the altitude tents, although that's hypoxia. Yeah. Uh, there, you have to spend a crazy amount of time in the tent, which is probably not practical for the average individual, you know, right. that works. <laughs> um, yeah. so unless your office is in the tent kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, I would say three hours minimum and, uh, constant stimuli is the goal. Uh, I mean, if you're already at 4,000, you're getting some elevation benefit, but if you want to drive up to like uh, 9,000 feet, like if you're going to Magnolia road and you live in Boulder at that five then it's probably fine or like seth goes up to leadville which is at 10 for a couple days at a time right so hmm. a couple vlogs on that so yeah see i always thought that like for altitude like the whole thing wasn't so much the training at altitude it was like the living at altitude the recovering at altitude that that's really what drove it and so like you know the the altitude um tents are um were, were interesting but like you know, you really have to be spending like the majority of your time in order to be able to get those kinds of benefits. That's what, that was my understanding of it. Yeah. So that's interesting to know. Like 12 to 16 hours a day or something like that. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, ben Y wants to know what vegan protein sources do you like? Uh, quinoa, chickpeas, beans, legumes. Um, you can buy the meat substitutes like Beyond Raw and the Impossible Burger. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I eat 
mainly rice beans. Um, I do tofu as -hmm. well. Um, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Those are my, my protein sources. I got to make sure you do it right too. Like you got to make sure you're having complementary proteins, right? Rice Mm -hmm. and beans are complementary, uh, complete protein, uh, peanut butter and bread. If you do, if you do that as a complete protein. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and Will Willing wants to know, are you truly vegan? I don't know. I think I know what that means. I'm not sure what that means. Or do you just eat vegan? Eat vegan. I right, truly vegan is probably like no animal products, nothing. I'm sure my shoes are made from like alligator skin or something. I don't know. <laughs> you think that, do you think that like, um, like running shoes today in 2021 have animal products in them still? Um, I, cause I've not looked into that before. I mean, people have asked me before, but like, it's not like there's like leather in them anymore there's not suede in the shoes anymore or if it's not real suede i don't think so it's like i don't know do you know i don't know i don't think so i don't, I don't think so <laughs> i'm sure yeah. maybe tested on animals i don't know <laughs> um orin wants to know why do you only run in nike shoes because the club that i compete with slash four is a nike club so mm-hmm. that's what i thought yeah um all right jody has a question for josh why do you need protein before a race for fuel? Why do you need protein? Mm-hmm. You don't, wait, you made me rephrase that question. So why do you need protein before a race for fuel? So I, I'm thinking, you know how like some gels have amino acids in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the uh, goo has like a couple milligrams. I mean, they're very small amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for a long distance, just thinking about it is that uh, for the really long events, you'll start using protein as a fuel source, right? You start breaking down skeletal muscle to convert mm-hmm. to glucose when you're running low in carbohydrate or if you're not eating enough. So that would make sense that it would slow down the breakdown or even, mm-hmm. I don't care so much, so much for like for racing, obviously you want to race in prime, but it's like do or die, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. At least do or die, do or die, baby. Um, and so like, but during training, I'm, you got to make sure you get your ample, you know, diet going in. But when it comes to the race, it's like finish the race and then worry about surviving right. after. <laughs> right. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense to me. Um, CK Stoner says, Hey doc, where does the spicy come from? Well, I don't know. It just came. It just, it just came to me. I do put cayenne pepper on like everything. Um, okay. Yeah. So, time to get spicy. Yeah. 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 I just think that that's a very popular word. I've, I've heard it around a lot too. So I think it's just um, in the zeitgeist, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Christian wants to know: Is that an Asics logo styled into the side of your hair? No. Okay. Where is it? Oh, so I had, <laughs> I wanted to get, I can't, can you see it? It's, it's like, yeah, speed, I can see it. Speed stripes I talked about. Um, yeah. But, uh, I was like, okay, I want this. I gave it to the barber. He's like, I'm like, can you do that? He's like, yeah, I can do that. I was like, okay. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not, it's supposed to be speed stripes. Um, yeah. yeah. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Robert Hodge coming in with the question says, what would be the best speed shoe for a newer runner? I'm doing my first organized 5k in April. Um, well, I, I can speak from a Nike standpoint, I guess, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. newer first 5k, if you can get a hold of the streak sevens, although I think that can discontinue them because I can't find them anywhere. Cause mm-hmm. I like them cause the toe box is wider and it has a little more cushion, more cushion than the streak LT four, um, which is, you know, the spike flat model, but without mm-hmm. spikes. So, uh, Robert, um, for the 5k and obviously make sure you get used to them. Cause obviously the skill down shoe, if you're not used to them, you could go with the, uh, um, there's the, whatever I just said, the LT streak four, or you get a pair of vapor flies because vapor flies rule the world now, unless Mike, unless you know of, of any other shoes you would recommend for, uh, I mean, I think, you know, it depends on if you're a newer runner, you might not have like five or six shoes already in the rotation. So like, I would probably look at something that is a speed shoe that you can use for faster workouts, like down the line as well. And so, I mean, I think that the, I love the zoom streak for 5k. I think that's, it's very well suited for that distance, like a road 5k. Um, but I would also look at shoes like the Hyperion tempo or uh, just to look, just to give some not like not Nike examples as well to round out the discussion, mm-hmm. um, like the Boston nine or even the audios five. Those are some from, uh, Adidas that I think that could be really interesting, but also you could get a lot of use out of afterwards as well. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Um, Tipa set wants to know, we got a lot of, got a lot of questions for you today, Josh, how to incorporate more speed work and strides into the training. Um, so strides, let's talk strides first. Um, mm-hmm. strides, you can do three to four days a week. I mm-hmm. usually do strides the day before a main workout. 
because it raises muscle tension and tells your fast nerves to start firing, uh, help recruit. So you feel more peppy. Believe it or not, you will feel more peppy the day after you do strides. So I do strides. Um, let's see. My workout days are Monday, Thursday. So I do strides on Sunday, Wednesday, and then I may do some strides at the end of a long run, which helps because yeah. when you're fatigued and you train your body to, you know, recruit muscle more fibers when you're fatigued. Um, and then I also do strides right before the workout or like, like you see runners doing right before a race to get the heart rate mm-hmm. up, right? Stuff like that. So that's how I do strides. Um, so technically strides, I do, uh, eight to 10 strides twice a week. And then like before workouts, I'll do 45 second jog recovery. And like before workouts, I would do maybe four strides before I start the workout. Um, to incorporate more speed in general, speed is a very broad term because <laughs> um, when it comes to speed, it's more than just like running fast. It's like, right, a lactate threshold, uh, depending on what you're training for, uh, marathon pace, uh, interval pace, VO2 max type pace. So, but um, I assume majority of people probably on here maybe training for 5K and up. So the basically the basic like breakdown is like Monday or Tuesday is your faster day vo2 max uh repetition type work you know if you're training for like the mile with full recovery then wednesday or wednesday or friday or thursday or friday is like your tempo day where you do 20 minute threshold or um five minute cruise intervals or timed threshold comfortably hard pace you could talk a pace you could think you can hold for an hour and then um saturday or sunday will be your long run and you can alternate um i think the texas coach i did a usatf seminar back in the day uh, I think it's, I don't know if he coaches at Texas coach Aldine. I don't know if I'm getting the name wrong, but he says that his athletes do what I just said prior, but like they alternate weeks where they'll go like the VO two max work they do on one week is 5k pace. And the following week it's 3k pace. And the week mm-hmm. after that 5k pace. And then the threshold is like, um, 20 minute tempo, uh, cruise intervals that are slightly faster with a minute jog recovery. Mm-hmm. And then the long run is long with the strides at the end or long with marathon pace in the middle for a certain amount of time kind of thing. So. Yeah. So is that something that you maintain, um, outside of like a, a, like a race specific training block, like kind of like two workouts a week and a long run, or is that like when, like, tell me about what you're like, like if you zoom out to like a, an overall week, like what are the work or like the quality sessions look like when you're like, kind of like in between the main training blocks. So like not in season. So mm-hmm. say your season's over, we take some time off up to two weeks max, right? Uh, then you're going to start at 50% mileage, 75% mileage this is all taken from Jack Daniels book. And then you can go back up to hundred percent mileage of what you were doing before, um, before you stopped, um, on the third week, the third week, you can start incorporating a long run. And then at that point I will start doing also, you don't want to neglect speed. It's like strides all year round, always do strides all year round to maintain mm-hmm. speed. Okay. Um, when I did that Instagram post this morning, I was looking up stuff on Canova and um, he does say that like American distance runners treat base as base where they do nothing but slow mileage and neglect, you know, other systems that need to be affected mm-hmm. to stay fresh. So like if it were the off season, I still do strides and then I would still incorporate some type of light fart licks or progression runs, very light, um, like a Mona fart lick, but not like a true Mona fart lick, like submaximal Mona, like a, yeah, submaximal um, or like 30 second fart lick, stuff like that, minute on, minute off, um, a couple of weeks and stuff like that. And as you get closer, you could start doing more repetition speed, like getting leg turnover, um, and full recovery type stuff. All right. Tell me more about this Mona fart lick. So the Mona fart lick, uh, somewhere in the trap, <laughs> I know it's an Australian, Australian runner, right? That came up with mm-hmm. it. Steve Mona. Um, basically I think it's, now you're testing me two by 90, four by Two by 90, four by 60, four by 30, four by 15 seconds each one to one jog recovery. And I believe the perceived exertion of each effort gets faster and faster. So a true amount of fart like should leave you feeling gassed and tired, but not so much that you're like, you know, hurting yourself in the long run kind of thing. But the way that I would do it would be like, you know, maybe start at 8k pace or maybe start at a uh, marathon till you feel like you can get spicy. You know, <laughs> you always say getting spice for at the end of a race. Cause you know what happens when you have too much spice, you run to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Spice comes later, uh, not in the beginning. Um, so you can get spicy at the last couple of reps or so. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the Mona Fartlick. Hence the moan. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got we got some of the Australians in the chat. Oh, there we go. Steve Mongetti. Yeah, so, uh, awesome. Very cool. Um, yeah, that that is just a lot of knowledge for me. I now have a bunch of stuff that I got to go look up and read up more on. And uh, thanks so much for for doing all that. Yeah, um, so the the next time trial, the next race effort for you is gonna be that five k time trial. Uh, as we're wrapping up here. Yeah, I'm gonna do it on the track. Very cool. Very. And what are you gonna are you gonna be doing that in the dragonflies? Um. Well, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you guys, if you it's like spikes to the carbon shoes is night and day. Like if you slow slow mo record yourself running in spikes versus slow mo record yourself running in carbons in the carbon shoe, it's like you get so much more extension on your hips with the carbon plated shoe than you do spikes. And it just feels like you're wasting way less energy running in the marathon shoe than you are running in the spikes. But you probably could run faster in the spikes. So I don't know, I probably do them in vapor flies. All right. Very cool. Well, I can't wait to to see that. Um, I think that's a good place to leave it today. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. You've already been on here for uh, 50 minutes now. So thank you so much. Thanks for joining in today. So glad to have you here on the on the chat. No problem. Oh, let me mention one thing. Okay. My announcement. Oh, yeah. You have you have a big announcement for today. Yeah. Well, big announcement in the sense of next chapter in my life. Um, I figure you guys can, can listen. But I am moving. I am moving to Boulder. <laughs> Awesome. Very cool. So is that because that's where your coach is? So are you, are you moving to get co closer to the coach and that group out there? The Yeah, my coach and um, I teamed up with a, a company that I promoted in my videos before, the Lover Running Company that, mm -hmm. um, you know, they make that like Alter G type, more affordable thing you can put on a treadmill to run less body weight if you're injured and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm gonna do work with them. Uh, start my own Cairo gig out there too. And I can pump out more content, I figure while I'm out there and stuff like that. So very cool. And so when is, when is all that going to be happening? Uh, I'll start making the trek. It's like 18 hour drive, <laughs> maybe at the end of this month, mid late to end of this month. So, okay. Well, exciting. Thank you for giving us the scoop here, the exclusive here. Um, I think, yeah, that, <laughs> I think that, um, Colorado is going to be very lucky to have you out there, um, to do, uh, what you're doing, but out there. Awesome. Well, yeah. good luck to you on the move and on the transition to that next kind of chapter. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. All thanks right. Well, thanks everybody for, uh, for tuning in today. That's where we're going to leave it for now. Um, and, um, be safe out there, everybody. We'll see you guys in the next one. Later fams. <laughs> <laughs>